Welcome to the Musea Podcast. This is Michael Howard. I'm the founder and CEO of Musea, and this is episode number 21. Recently, uh, last Thursday, if you've been following the blog at all, you'll know that we have announced uh, what we call the Musea Gathering. It's part of our crowdfunding campaign that's coming up that's going to release um, July 9th at 9 a.m. Central Time. And the gathering uh, is going to be a unique photography event uh, in the industry. And so the basic premise of it is is that it's going to be a three-day to a five-day event for some of you. The first day is going to be February 4th, 2013. Um, it's going to be here in Nashville. And that night is going to be a celebration. Uh, if you're involved in the crowdfunding campaign, it's going to run from July 9th to August 22nd. This is just going to be a thank you for helping us uh, raise some additional funds and for helping put on the Musea Gathering. February 5th uh, is going to be a full day. It's all um, presentations, and it's nine different uh, nine different presentations. There will be 11 people total, but a couple of the presentations have two people uh, involved. And then Wednesday, it kicks off the workshops. So some of those are going to be one day, some are going to be two days, some are going to be three days. And so for some of you, if you uh, purchase a workshop seat, uh, you're going to be here for five days in Nashville. So if you um, purchase a workshop seat, you get uh, a ticket to the presentation day and the celebration on Monday. Um, this is something that we've uh, placed in uh, late winter, early spring uh, in 2013. And so if you are a person that normally goes to WPPI or Imaging USA or something like that, uh, I would love for you to check out uh, the Musea Gathering and consider going to it instead of one of those. Uh, it's going to be different. The people that we're inviting are different. They're not the same people that you would find at these other events. Uh, they're not rock stars. They're not gear-focused. Uh, and they're more unique, and they're, I would say they're a little more serious photographers. Uh, they're working. They've been um, keeping their head down and just doing their business. And so they're going to be able to share with you um, some truth and some wisdom uh, that I don't think you're going to get at some of these other conventions. So the roster of people involved, which I'm completely pumped about, um, is this. So we have Sam Blake and Dan O'Day coming all the way from Australia for this thing. Uh, we got Fair Huristi. He's coming from Mexico. Amazing um, shooter. We've got um, Jin Huang coming from New York City. We've got Kirk Masson coming from Seattle. We've got John Dolan and Holger Thoss coming from New York City. Uh, Todd Reichman coming from Atlanta. Um, Arzi Garcia, he's coming from Miami. We've got Dave Jackson coming from Wisconsin. And Spencer Loom uh, is coming from New York City as well. Um, with all those speakers, I'm going to be doing um, a podcast. And um, except maybe Kirk, because I did one with Kirk two months ago. So you can um, go back and listen to his because uh, it's more recent. Um, but I'm going to be doing a series of podcasts. Just uh, the podcast from here for the next uh, seven to eight weeks are going to be uh, with people that are involved with the gathering. And so um, the first person I interviewed is a person I talked to yesterday. And uh, I talked to Arzi Garcia out of Miami. And he's a self taught film photographer. Um, he's one of the most honest, straight-shooting guys I've ever interviewed. Um, and he bounces between doing gritty kind of street photography and very beautiful wedding photography. So it kind of has a duality to him. Um, but uh, we had a great conversation. Uh, I think you will find him refreshing. Uh, and I'm excited uh, to have him teaching a workshop and just doing a presentation at the gathering. So um, this is a good way for you to get to know him a little bit better. And if you're considering coming to the gathering, um, please consider going to Ozzy Garcia's workshop. He'll be doing a one-day workshop, and uh, it will be worth your time uh, and effort to make it. So thank you so much for listening as always, and I hope you enjoy our conversation. 
Ozzy, there you are, man. How you doing? Good, man. How are you doing? Good. Well, thanks for chatting with me. I'm excited to talk to you, man. Appreciate it. It's gonna be good. No, are you kidding me? I'm like, I'm totally uh, stoked and honored that you asked me to uh, to even, you know, be here. So yeah. sure. Um. Well, I always want to know where people come from to get a base of their history and yeah. what why you do the things that you do, I guess. <laughs> so, uh, tell us a little bit, tell, tell, tell me a little bit about your kind of your up, upbringing, where you're from, and then how you got into photography. Oh, dude, that's, uh, that's going to be a pretty long answer. <laughs> or, you know, keep it at like five to seven minutes. <laughs> All right, I'll try to keep it at five to seven minutes. Well, you know, it, I, you know, I do think that a lot of the things that I'm attracted to and a lot of the things that I'm drawn to, um, pretty much has everything to do with how I grew up, what I was exposed to, um, you know, maybe the, the struggles that we had as a family and that kind of thing. So I think that a lot of the, the photography that I, that, I, that I like has a lot to do with that. So, but I, you're right. I, I mean, I, I grew up, I was born in Cuba and I came to the U.S. in the Maria. I don't know if you're familiar with the, with the boat lift from Cuba or not. Have you ever seen the movie Scarface? Come on, everyone's seen Scarface. Uh, I have not. I'm like well, the only American that has it. <laughs> <laughs> well, going to Sana, you got to see this movie. But yeah. You got to see Scarface. But there's actual footage of the boat lift on the way over. But anyways, I was on that boat. And uh, we got here to the U.S. And, you know, we grew up really poor. I grew up here in Miami and Alapata. Uh, you know, went to high school, fell in love with surfing. And that has a lot to do with photography because... What happened was, is I left high school and I, I decided to go live in San Diego and um, surf every day. So <clears throat> I would take these trips to Mexico, and on the way to Mexico, I would see these certain scenes on the street that would give me these feelings, you know. And I really didn't know what what those what that was, you know. And you know, shortly after that, I met Linda and here in Miami, and I moved here to be with her. And when I got here. Dude, I was bouncing off the walls. I, I, you know, I'm very high energy. I have a lot of emotion, aggression, uh, feelings that I have to let out. And for a lot of, for a long time, I used surfing. I surf three times a day, every day. And I got here, and there's no waves. So I was like <laughs> bouncing off the walls. I, I didn't know what to do with myself, dude. So uh, it, what happened was, I went, I went to a bookstore, and I saw a book on Henry Cadevasan, and I, um, I, you know, I fell in love with the guy's work. I was like, wow, man, you know, this is just amazing pictures, you know? And then I, I picked up a book on Sally Mann and I saw like the work that she did with her kids. Um, those portraits, they were so real and raw and it reminded me of being a kid, you know? But it really didn't become real for me until I saw two guys, a guy by the name of Alex Webb and another guy by the name of Constantine Manos. And uh, this guy, Constantine Manos, did a project called The American Color. And, dude, that's when I made the correlation because, like, so, the pictures of, like, the Brisson pictures, they're just amazing pictures, but they were shot a long time ago. Like, I couldn't, I really didn't see those pictures on the street. But, like, the Constantine Manos pictures, dude, I can tell you, there's places here in Little Havana and Alapata where I grew up where I saw those pictures as I was driving in my car, you know, with my eyes. And I was like, and the light bulb went off, and I'm like, that's it. I'm buying a camera. <laughs> That's it. This is what I'm going to do, you know? I went online. I went on eBay, and I bought a, a Minolta XG1, and I bought a load of film, and that's 
that's how I got, that's how I got hooked, you know, and, and I shot tons, I shot maybe like 30 rolls, and then that's when I, after those 30 rolls, like, I started realizing that it wasn't really the pictures that I was in love with, what I, what I was really falling in love with were the feelings, you know, and I, I don't know if you shoot much street or not, but like in street photography, like you, you know, you can be in a corner and all of a sudden, like the perfect guy with the perfect light, the perfect background, it could all go down in like a matter of seconds. And the feeling that I was getting when I would see it all kind of come together, dude, priceless. It was priceless for me, you know? And, yeah. and, and or the feeling of like a stranger, a complete stranger inviting you to their house, someone that you would probably not even hang out with or not even be friends with in the real world, you know? And talk about life for an hour and let you take pictures of them priceless that's priceless that i started falling in love with that and and dude i would get home and and linda thought i was crazy because i come home with these stories you know i'd be like babe you know i met this you know his wife is in prison in cuba and he let me in his house and i shot these pictures i can't wait to get the film back you know she was like what the hell is wrong with you man <laughs> wow <clears throat> Like that, with the XG1, going out to Domino Park, Little Havana, Alapata, South Beach, and that kind of thing, and, and, and making, you yeah. know? Yeah. So what year, what kind of, I guess, what year is this all happening around? Uh, I, I started, like, shooting pictures, like, maybe, like, five years ago. I've only, I haven't been shooting for a real long time. So that, that was about five, I'm going to say five years ago. It was right after my daughter was born. So, and she, she's about to turn six. So yeah, it was somewhere between five years and some change around there. Yeah. With your street photography, one of the things you touched about there, which I'm, I'm interested in, um, uh, it sounds like there's an aspect of kind of like, um, the hunting. It's almost like a, like you're a hunting for the pictures in a way. I mean, kind of like, cause like my, uh, stepdad is a big like hunter. And so he talks about, he gets those similar emotions kind of like, you know, when he's waiting and then he has like the deer or whatever <laughs> come by and you get like this rush of like, Oh, like, you know? And so you're describing that kind of like you're waiting for, it could be, I don't know how many hours. And then all of a sudden this thing comes by and it's like that rush of emotions, you know? Yeah. And so yeah, you're, yeah. you're trying to, like, capture that. Um, I guess talk about that a little more in, in, for your street work. Yeah. Well, I got to tell you, I'm not a hunter. I, I <laughs> shot a gun one time, dude. And I never shot a gun again after that. Uh, it was the scariest thing ever, dude. I'm telling I'm not really a hunter. But, no, but I, I do know what you mean. And I I don't know. I think that for for, like, the South Beach stuff that I do – you know, I, I, I'll i go out and I'll usually spend about three hours shooting somewhere around that time. And, I mean, I won't shoot a lot. I'll probably end up shooting, like, maybe two rolls of 35 millimeter. And a lot of times I'm looking for specific things. Um, I'm looking for specific people that, that I feel um, tell what the essence of this place, you know, I'm looking for, you know, I don't know. For example, 
you know, if a tourist came to South Beach, right, they, you know, they walk around, like, Lincoln Road, or they'll walk around, like, the beach, and they'll look at the Art Deco, and they'll be like, wow, it's beautiful, and then, like, this really pretty chick will swing by with, like, big fake booze, and they'll be <laughs> you know? And then all of a sudden, they'll look to the right, and there's, like, a pair of panties with, like, bloodstains on them. And they'll go, like, oh, my God, what is that? And they'll try to, like, uh, you know, get block that image out of their mind. Well, I'm looking for that. <laughs> it's kind of, you know, I want to, you know, for me, yeah. I feel like that that has a place, you know? that That's part of the essence, you know? Um, and certain people are part of the essence. And I, I'm just trying to... I'm looking for certain things that give a real representation of what I feel, um, what I feel this place has, you know? Um, and I, I don't know. I'm, 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 I didn't start off by like going, okay, well, it's going to be this thing. You know what I mean? Like I'm kind of learning a lot about myself and I'm learning a lot about what's happening there as I shoot, you know, there, there is no, I don't have an answer, you know, I'm yeah. not, oh, well, it's this, you know what I mean? Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> uh, no, that's good. The um, I want to come back to your personal work, but I want to ask you a quick question, real quick. Um, which is, you know, if you if you're kind of picking up a camera for the first time, about five years ago, my initial question is like, why would you pick up a film camera and not a digital camera? Because that was like right. I mean, that was every. You know, I mean, that was digital was hitting hard five years ago. You know, everybody was switching over. Yeah. So you kind of went the opposite, it seems. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think, I don't know. I, maybe money had something to do with it, you know? Uh, and that, and I I think that um, uh, a lot of the pictures that I was seeing were shot on film, you know? Like mm -hmm. Constantine Mayles, he's a Leica guy. Um, Alex Webb's a Leica guy. Um you know, and I thought, well, you know, I, I don't know. I, I just figured I wanted like that look, you know, and I, I went, I decided for some reason, I decided to go the Minolta XG1 route. It was cheap. I got that thing for like 60 bucks with like six lenses. <laughs> I got like a whole kit. I got like a 21 yeah. millimeter, a 28, a 45, a zoom lens. And I was like, this is the camera, you know, this is it. Yeah. So I, I, I just, I, I don't know. I went the Minolta route. I have no idea why. I, I thought it would. I, I also, I, I love a lot of old things. Like, I, I love things that have character, you know? I like tons of things. And the structure of that camera, it just looked really cool. That You know, it looked, it looked like it held a piece of history, you know? I like to have things that have a piece of history, you know what I mean? Yes. I mean, I wear old boots. I have, like, these old Red Wings that have been used by God knows who. You know, I like things that are worn, you know? So, I don't know. Maybe it has something to do with that. But I, I went, you know, I don't know. I went I went the, uh, I went the Minolta route. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which is interesting. I mean, and I know you were very um, insightful kind of, you know, learning about yourself all the time. Kind of guy, self-aware, I guess. Um, but making that decision early on... I mean, how do you think that affected your work? Because you think it would be the same if you picked up a digital camera versus a film camera that early on? Uh, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. I, I, I you know, I listen. There, there's nothing wrong with digital. You know, I, uh, there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. But uh, as far as like shooting like film on the street, there, there's like this. Uh, I don't know. There's like this. Uh, 
I don't know if I would be able to take the kind of pictures that I want to take with a digital. I mean, I, it would have to be maybe like a Leica digital. Like I, it, it just, just things happen really fast and you can't just like take five pictures and then like sit and look at the LCD and see, you know, it just doesn't, you got to like take a picture and move, you know, at least the kind of pictures that I want to take, you know, like some of the people that I photograph, they necessarily don't even know I'm photographing them or they don't want to be photographed, you know, and then some, some do, you know, so uh, I don't know if I would be able to get like the same. Maybe I would with like a Leica digital, but I just don't have the kind of money to. Have one of those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah like eight, you don't have nine grand sitting around. Yeah, just I just like... don't have nine grand. <laughs> but Leica, if you're listening, you know, you know, just joking. But we'll uh, test one out, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, but no, I, I, you know, but I think that it did. It has helped me. It has helped me uh, slow down. It's helped me slow down and kind of really think about what the hell it is that I'm taking a picture of, you know, especially when it comes to weddings and shooting portraits. Like it's helped me to, to slow down and, 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 and really consider like, is this a picture that I really want? You know, if, do, if I, do I have it composed properly? You know, um, I, I think about that. And I, if it wasn't for film, I wouldn't, I, I, I definitely wouldn't shoot for me personally. I don't know if I would be able to shoot the same way. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Like, yeah, for example, no, I get it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. When I shoot film at a wedding and I'm shooting portraits of a bride and groom, like, I, you know, I'll, I'll position them in a place where the light's nice and it looks great, and I'll coach them through, through, through portraits. And in one roll, in two twenty roll, I gotta get at least, at least like twenty eight, twenty five different compositions in that one roll. So I gotta get a lot of work done. And that one space, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and I can't, I can't like get like a 7,200 and like hide behind a bush and shoot like 50 photos and then run to the other 45 degree angle and shoot 50 photos. <laughs> I, I, I don't film. I go broke. I wouldn't, I, I'll be in for a long day. You know, I wouldn't, it wouldn't work. So I just control, I control what I'm doing, uh, through, through coaching them and, and kind of getting what I want. You know what I mean? I'm looking for specific things. Yeah. Um, Let's go. I want to kind of go back to your personal work a little bit sure. before we get into your wedding stuff. Um, I guess talk about because you, um, if I'm right, you started five years ago, and so that means that you you what shot personal work basically for what two three years before <laughs> you started a business. Is that right, or how's that? Pretty much. Yeah, I, I, I started I, I started creating these little projects for myself. Um, I had three projects that really keep me busy, and that's the South Beach project, a project called Left Behind, and um, Signs of Africa. Those are the three things that I, I had to like narrow it down. And I really I really recommend if anyone like wants to start personal projects out there like not to just grab a camera and just go out and just start shooting a bunch of random stuff. And it just, you got to like narrow it down to one thing, you know, and then that's, and then in that one thing, they don't expand, it'll expand again into a bunch of different avenues, you know, but that's the way that I had to do it. So what I did was I started, I worked on those on my own and then eventually, you know, yeah, that's exactly. And then I moved on to the weddings. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how does that, how do you think that has affected you as a photographer? Uh, because that's, unfortunately, that's not the typical trajectory of most people that I talk to that are getting into the business of running, you know, photography business. 
they kind of fall in love with it, and then they kind of basically dabble around with it maybe for a year, and then they kind of – or they have like a full-time job doing something else. And the only time that they really shoot is mostly like stuff to help them start a business later, and they kind of just roll into the business thing, and they don't spend two, three, four, five years just kind of like exploring basically. And shooting stuff that's not necessarily associated with this is going to get me hired later, you know. Right, right, right. Um, it seems like you just shot what you loved, and you didn't really care about getting hired with it or anything later. I would think. No, no, um, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, and I still do. I mean, I, I, I still shoot. Dude, I can't, I can't go like a week without shooting out in the street. Like I have, it's I'm, I'm just I'm addicted. I'm gonna be honest. I'm addicted to it. You know, I, I. Uh, it, it, I don't know. I, I leave my house and I drive in my car and then I'll see, I'll see a certain scene. And I'm like, I'm like, dude, I, I gotta go shoot this. I gotta look at this. I gotta come back here later. You know, like this is gonna be a good shot. You know, it's like, I, I don't know. So I think about it a lot, but, but I, I, I know, I know there's a lot of wedding photographers. I've met a lot of photographers now and you know, some of them, you know, they, they choose a different route, you know, they'll start just only with weddings and they'll do that and that works for them, you know, but I don't know for me, um, uh, it, it's helped me out a lot because, I mean, sometimes in my weddings, I don't feel like I'm working. I feel like I'm doing personal or, you know, I'm doing street work, which has happened to me a couple times. It doesn't happen all the time, but it happens a couple times. Mm -hmm. Well, I'll shoot for like five hours and I wouldn't even know. I don't feel like I'm actually, I feel like I'm running around the street. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or I'll, or I'll find like little pieces of my project in the wedding. <laughs> <laughs> Left Behind series. Yeah, like I'll open a drawer and I'm like, oh my god, this would be great for the Left Behind. You know? <laughs> yeah, you know. So yeah, it's hot, you know. But it, I don't know. Again, it's it's. I think it's the, what it's really taught me is to just really think about what I'm doing and just slow down and and you know really consider you know is this a good picture or not you know. Yeah. The. Um... I want to talk a little bit about your South Beach project, and maybe just we'll probably just run through some of your personal projects uh, a little bit, and just talk about what they're about. So you've touched on it a little bit, but like, what is your your goal with the South Beach project? I, you know, or just what is it about? Honestly, I guess. Honestly, like, <clears throat> I mean, th this might sound selfish. But I think it's more about like discovering about me. Mm -hmm. I am as a person, and and it's more about like you know uh, pushing myself and seeing what I have and what I'm made of, you know. Because that that little project has really uh, has forced me to think differently. It's forced me to uh, really challenge myself in a lot of ways, you know. A lot of, you know, again, I, sometimes I'll shoot Ektar 100 at 12 noon on the beach. And if you've ever been here to Miami at 12 noon on the beach, it's not a pretty sight. And a lot of people that I photograph, it's really hot. You know, and a lot of people I photograph, again, like they don't know I'm photographing them. You know, I'll get real close and I'll take a picture with a Leica, for example, you know, with an M4P that I just recently bought. That has really changed the game, by the way. Um, but, um, but I think more than anything, honestly... I, I kind of go with what I feel, with my gut feeling, and I just kind of, I, I just go and I shoot, and I shoot. I, I'm, sometimes I'm reacting to something, 
or other times I'm trying to compose and layer and create or I'm looking for certain people, you know. But I think ultimately at the end, to be honest with you, I, I, I think it's really about like discovering me, you know. I, I, I don't know. I, I really, I mean, I wish I had a cooler answer. I wish I can tell you, like, oh, it's because I want to show this or do this or make this book or whatever, you know. Yeah. But the more and more I shoot, the more and more I realize that I, I don't know if it's, uh, I don't know if it has anything. <laughs> I, I think it's more about really discovering who I am as a person, you know, and 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 what and what I'm made of, you know what I mean? Yeah. And how far I can push it, and the kind of pictures that I can push myself to hopefully make, you know. Yeah, and because your work is. I mean, both. I mean, what I've seen, I mean, all pretty much all your personal work, really, is it has a kind of a gritty, grittiness and like a reality to it. Like you know, you're showing South Beach for what it is and not what the postcard says it is. Does that make sense? Definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I guess I'm interested in like why you're why you're interested in talking about this is the real South Beach. Like, what about that fascinates you, if you know why? I don't know if you know why, but you might not, <laughs> which is fine. <laughs> uh, I, you know, uh, it's tough. I, it's like intuition. You're just working yeah, off your intuition. So, yeah. you know, it it fascinates me because I think that, um, I don't know, man. I think maybe internally, you know, I have my own struggles internally as a person, you know, mm -hmm. and sometimes I'll, I'll i'll see i'll see that on the street you know um maybe that's why i shoot the gritty you know i i really i love the gritty I, there's a beauty to it you know it, it it reminds me of a lot of things you know it, it's um i don't know there's something about it i find beauty what some what some people might look at and be like Ugh, you know i i look at and i'm like wow you know that's you know i i i, I don't know i I, I honestly, I don't, I don't know if I have an answer. I don't know. Yeah. If, I wish I had an answer. For you. <laughs> I don't know. This is just, ran I'm just randomly talking at this point. Uh, yeah. Do you think it's a little bit about? Um, I mean, has anything to do kind of with like your, your, just your childhood or how you're brought up? Like a little bit of that, like yeah, this kind of like it's, the world isn't ideal. You know, we wish it yeah. was, but it's not. Yeah, I, I think I think it has I think it has a lot to do with that, you know. I think it has a lot to do with the way I was brought up. I think it has a lot to do um with you know, with with growing up and the struggles and growing up poor and like, you know, and, and even me internally, you know, I, I you know I, I've been sober for for eight years, coming up on nine years. Mm. And I, I mean I know <laughs> listen, I know a lot of people come on these podcasts and like, you know, they keep it like really uh how can I say like uh, clean or whatever? Right. You know, yeah, I, you know I, I I just want to be honest. Yeah. I want to be completely honest because you know what it is. Because there's another guy out there like me, you know, and I want that person to know that hey, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, you can, you know, you you can you can still make you know make a small business out of photography. It doesn't matter where you've been or what you've been through. You know. Yes. So, you know, I don't know. I used to do a lot of partying and drinking in those same streets. To be honest with you. Mm. So I don't know if maybe emotionally there's something there, you know, that I'm, I, I you know, I don't know, but I, I, I can tell you that it has a lot to do with, with me internally, you know, Yeah. I don't have it all together. You know, I'm not like, you know, uh, this perfect, uh, 
you know, a, a guy that like, you know, real clean and sharp and like doesn't make any mistakes. Or, you know what I mean? That's yeah. not me. That's, that's really not me. So yeah. I don't know. A lot of times I, I think maybe some of that comes out of my pictures, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I can totally see that. Um, and thanks for, yeah, no, thanks for sharing that, by the way. That's, congrats. That's awesome. Thanks. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. I just, you know, I just want to be honest, you know? Yeah, no, I love it. I mean, I, I, want, the, I want the podcast to be honest just because, you know, I know I'm sick of, I'm sick of the fakeness kind of in the industry, you know? Um, a lot of photographers would probably come on here and the only thing they would talk about is how amazing they are. And I don't want yeah. that, you know? Nobody want people don't want that, you know. You want the kind of the reality of what life is like because we know it's not perfect. So, yeah, yeah. and and honestly, that that's what inspires me. Yeah, you just hit the hell that you hit it, you hit it right there. That's what inspires. What inspires me is real, mm-hmm. real, dude. I, you know, I I want to hear, I want to know real stories. You know, I want to hear real. I want to hear about like good, bad, and how to get through. You know, that's what inspires me. You know, uh, I love real, but I also love mystical ethereal magical i love that i love fantasy yeah. so it's like i'm i don't swing one way 100 percent or another way 100 you know i love those two things i always go back and forth between shooting street and beauty i love beauty i love photographing beautiful women you know i love making them look like if they stepped out of a, a an editorial from a uk magazine i mean i love i love that mysticism you know, mm-hmm. attracted to that. You know, there's that's another avenue that I really love. So I always go back and forth between the greedy street and shooting, you know, shooting beauty, shooting women. I mean, I love shooting guys too. Don't get me wrong, but there, there's something about yeah. beauty that I'm attracted to. You know, the, the seduction, that kind of thing. You know, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah, and that's stuff. I mean, that was one of the questions I was going to ask you was. Um, to me, you're interesting because you have the personal work that's so gritty and kind of in your face a little bit. Um, and then you also have – you're running a successful wedding business, and it, all that world is about is like ideal situation, dreams, fantasies. It's better than reality. Um, a lot of people, I would think, would struggle – even me personally, like, I struggle with this because I tend to like the real stuff, but I have a hard time bouncing between the two successfully. Like, I need to be all in on one or the other. Otherwise, yeah. I get conflicted and um, I struggle. But you can handle it for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But, you know, you're so. You're right. You're right. And, and you know, it's funny. I, I got a really good friend of mine. I just got back from New York and my really good friend and a mentor of mine. I have a couple mentors, but a guy named Joseph Passar, he's a photographer in New York. He's a really good buddy of mine. And we were, we stayed up to like two in the morning. We made the mistake of drinking coffee at like 12 midnight. <laughs> we're talking about just exactly this. Yeah. And, um, and it, it's tricky because you know when I when I want to photograph like mystical, beautiful, uh, it's a completely different state of mind. Mm-hmm. I'm looking for something completely different. I'm in control. Like I have to, you know, most of my wedding clients, like that, you know, they uh they don't look, you know, I, I have to get that out of them. Do you, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I have to I have to control. And on top of that, I'm shooting with a contact, which is any anyone's ever shot with that camera, they can tell you it's a pretty slow camera. You know, so I have to really 
you know, coach him, talk to him. You know, I I'll do a lot of it through coaching. Honestly, I, I I'm very much in control. I I'm I'm a control freak when it comes time to shoot portraits. Yeah. Um, and then, but when you shoot the journalistic work or the gritty work, it's a complete different state of mind. Like you're looking for something completely different. There is no control. You know, you're kind of stepping back and you're you're using people and layers to create an image. You know, to make a compelling image. So they're two completely different state of minds. And in a wedding, it's tough because you know I'll start you know, with the details and, you know, uh, and then those in-between moments is when, you know, I either have the one V or the, or the Leica and then that's when I'm looking. So I go back and forth between, you know, control, beautiful, mystical and, and journalistic. Oh, I got to step back. This isn't that moment. You know what I mean? Like, I got to step back and use this camera like that. That's kind of, I always go between that and a wedding, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's, you're absolutely right. It's hard. And sometimes I wonder if the both worlds could even exist. I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah. I, I wonder about that sometimes because, you know, a, a lot of times in our business, you know, you, I see people that are, that are like really, really good at the beauty. They're really good at the, you know, fantasy, the pretty, but there's no journalistic work. And then I'll see the other ones that are like really good at like journalistic work, but they have a hard time making a bride look absolutely beautiful. Like she, you know, very editorial type, you know? So, I've never, very seldom do I see it done in the middle where it's all a good balance of both. And to be honest with you, that's what I want. Mm -hmm. I I want it all, dude. I want, you know, I want, I want to make the bride. I want to look into her eyes and I want to take a picture of her. That's going to say who she is as a person. I want to make it look raunchy. I want to make it look ethereal. I want to make it look beautiful. I want to make it look sexy, seductive. I want, and then I also want to make it look gritty. I want the reality of it. I want the whole damn cake. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> You're greedy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, that's the mentality that I have, you know? Yeah. Sometimes it works out that way. Sometimes it doesn't, you know? But I go into it like that, you know, thinking I, I want it all, you know? Mm-hmm. You're right. It's, it's, you know. Yeah. No, it's so, good. I mean, it, it seems like it keeps you balanced also kind of artistically because you, you have an outlet for either one. So if you get a little bored or something with the more portrait stuff, then you can kind of switch over and shoot some street stuff to get kind of a break or vice versa. So it kind of helps to balance between the two, I would think in some ways, just creatively. Um, that way you're not bored with just doing the one thing over and over and over, you know? Right, right. Definitely. Um, a lot of people, one of the things I want to ask you about is just a lot of people, I think they struggle with, um, approaching strangers you know yeah so i wanted to talk to you about a little bit about what are some of the techniques and things you use like if you're shooting on south beach and you see some guy or whoever and you want to take a a controlled portrait of him not just like a you know random candid kind of thing uh how do you go about like talking to those people and kind of starting that conversation well obviously i'm not very shy (laughs) (laughs) i can talk dude as yeah. if you haven't figured it out yet, I can talk. All right, <laughs> dude, I am not shy at all. I I I can talk to anyone at any given time. Matter of fact, I talk to strangers all the time when I don't even have my camera on me. Yeah, I just strike. I'm like, hey, how's it going? You know? <laughs> yeah, I make like random conversations. But the uh, what I normally do, and and let me tell you, dude, it's helped me out like tremendously. And even even in my wedding, because I'll tell you a quick story how it's helped me. Yeah. Um, I, I went to Target. 
uh, one time, and there was this like really cute couple at Target. They were like really into each other, you know, and they were a really really cute couple. And I, and I was like, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna want to photograph these guys. So I went up to him and I was like, Hey, um, my name's Ozzy. I'm a photographer in Miami. I, I would love to photograph and make pictures of you guys. There's no way you're saying no. I would love to do it, you know. And and the ends up that the guy was a photographer and he had just started shooting and he's like, All right, let's do it. Let's do it. I was like, Great. So we set a date. We went. I shot pictures of him. Turns out that a blog approached me for those pictures, and it ended up being featured in the blog. I ended up booking three weddings out of that shoot. It cost me 250 bucks to shoot that, and I booked three weddings out of it. That's how it's helped me, you know? Um, it's helped me tremendously. Matter of fact, most of the women that are on my blog, those are people that I've met out in the street. Like, just recently, uh, Marilyn, the girl that I photographed with the tattoos, mm-hmm. in there somewhere. Yeah. Um, such a beautiful person. It was amazing. I met her at the Einstein Bagel. I, I saw her and I was like, dude, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta ask this girl. I gotta take pictures of her. And I told her, I was like, hey, I, I gotta take pictures of you. We gotta do this, you know? And she's like, she thought it was a little weird at first, you right. know? <laughs> and then she's like, all right, let's do it, you know? And and, and we, we made some pictures. But for the South Beach thing, what I normally do is I'll, I'll just go up to them and I'll say, hey, my name's Ozzy. I'm a photographer here in Miami. You know, I'm working on this project and, you know, you, you would be perfect for it, you know? And, it, you know, I... Would you would you mind if I take a picture of you? And a lot of times they'll tell me, yeah, sure, go ahead, you know? Or they'll start striking up a conversation. And I, I can't tell you, I've talked to people, like, for sometimes I'll talk to people for, like, an hour and a half. And, they'll, you know, they'll share with me, like, their most intimate things, and I'll share my intimate things, and, and then we'll make a picture, you know? And, but a lot of times they'll tell me no. They'll say, forget it. No, no, no. And honestly, to be honest with you, it's not important what their response is what's mm-hmm. really important here is that i show up and i ask that's yeah. what's important because opportunities are not going to happen unless i show up unless i put myself out there and i ask you know that at the end of the day that's what it comes down to yeah. hell when i was in dude when i was in uh <laughs> and i met this photographer he had a like i just went randomly came, went up to him dude turns out he was a celebrity photographer the guy was awesome dude we ended up talking and being friends he emailed me uh <laughs> he shoots for Leica. the guy's awesome dude the guy's awesome photographer i don't want to say his name or anything yeah. wanna, you know but whatever but opportunities only happen when i put myself out there and i ask you know mm-hmm. but that's how i usually do it yeah um talk about your left behind series a little bit so what is the premise behind this? So, like, are you just, is this just stuff that you find laying around, or is it <laughs> stuff that's like left behind in specific, like, type of buildings, or like stuff that's only left behind in like hotel rooms or something like that? Like, what's, <laughs> what's the, what is it about, I guess? Well, I, I like no, the concept. That's what I'm interested You like the concept? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, uh, you know, it's funny. I started that um, before I was a full time wedding photographer. I worked before I made the jump. I worked as a uh, as a painter. I had a little painting business, like Aussie Paints, is what it was called. And what I did was, I uh, I went into these like really low income housing, and a lot of the people and I have to paint those apartments white all over again. That's what I that was my job. That's what I did. But the funny thing about it, and I know I'm going a little bit off topic, is, is that <laughs> no, a lot no. of times when I was when I was painting these apartments, I would listen to podcasts from other photographers. You know, and how cool it is that, like, you know, 
now I'm doing a podcast. Yeah, I just yeah. think it's pretty funny. But uh, but basically what happened was I was going to these apartments, and a lot of these people were being evicted, you know. And I started finding these things that people would leave behind. And um, one day, it just the light bulb went off, and I was like, there's something here. You know, there's something here. And I, <laughs> I started digging, you know, through these drawers and finding uh, objects. And then I would put them together and I would photograph them. And sometimes the objects make no sense. But what started happening is, is the more apartments that I would walk into, like all of a sudden um, I started noticing correlations between what people were leaving behind. And it always came down to two things, drugs and God. Those are the two things. If I can tell you the two things that most people left behind are prescription meds and like crucifixes and saints and pictures of that. Yeah. And it was so crazy to me because those two worlds are so far apart, but then there's, they're also very, uh, alike in some weird way, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, I don't know. And then I would just take a picture of it. And what happened was that unfortunately I, I lost the access, you know, to, um, to some of those places. And I'm actually working on getting different access now because I really enjoy doing that, man. It, it reminded me of being a kid. It reminded me, I don't know if you I don't know if you know what it's like to be a kid and you just like decide you wake up in the morning and you want to ramsack the drawers with like your cabinet, you know, and you start finding all this old stuff and you're like, what the hell is this? You know? Yeah. Uh it kind of gave me that feeling. I will, I would walk into these apartments and uh and I was just like, I wanted to see what they left, you know, I'm like, what did they leave behind? You know? And, and it, it just, and, oh, and it became really real. I'll tell you real quick. One day, I, there was a sticky note in back of one of the fridges. I moved to paint, and it said something like, um, thank you so much for all your hope. You've been an inspiration in my life. And, and I saw it, and I was like, man, you know, I took a picture of it. And I was wondering, like, why would they, you know, it was underneath. It was just left there, you know. Mm-hmm. I found out later in that apartment that there was an accident and that, you know, there was a death of a kid in, in that particular apartment. And that was like a sticky that maybe the husband wrote to the wife or the wife to the husband, you know, and it, I don't know. I started connecting the stories, you know, and I don't know. It became interesting to me, you know, uh, I think it was Morgan Freeman or some in the movie Shawshank Protection. But I think he said that uh, true change is like when you go to a place that you've been to all your life, but you feel like you've been there for the first time. Mm. You know what I mean? And that's kind of what happened to me. You know, I, I got so used to, like, painting these apartments all the time, and every day it was, like, the same thing. And then all of a sudden, I was almost, like, it was, like, new to me again, you know? Like, I walked in, and I was, like, I felt like I was there for the first time again, you know? Uh, so it's pretty crazy. that, that It kind of struck that in me, you know? So, but, yeah, I can get back to it because I really enjoy doing it. Yeah, I love that um, these objects you... You know, they they obviously kind of generate a question of like, well, why would somebody leave this behind, or where did it come from? And so it allows the viewer to kind of uh, entertain stories and kind of make up stories in their heads about, you know, why why that's there yeah, in a way. Uh, so there's a bit of a just a, the mystery of it all it seems very engaging. You know, especially as a project, I, I could totally see that in a book because, you know, yeah, um, yeah, just objects. I just think it would be yeah, fascinating. So, you, you yeah, sometimes food, like I'll ramsack the fridge and they'll leave like a piece of 
raw, you know, like frozen chicken that's probably been there for like three years. And I'll open the fridge and take a picture. I don't know why I was attracted to it. I was like, you know, this, this is there something here? I thought that there yeah. was something there, you know, that somebody yeah. with a frozen chicken, you know. And the, but anyways. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, it's kind of the American way, you know. I mean, you, uh, a lot of people, we, uh, I don't know. I guess we sh- tend to show who we are kind of by our possessions in a way. Um, so you start to wonder about the type of people that owned certain things and what their story is. I don't know. It's just fun to, I think, kind of play in your head. Um, yeah, yeah. All right. Let's go into, um, a little bit of like wedding stuff. Um, or actually here, I want to talk about this because we actually talked about this on the phone, but I wanted to just for us to talk about it, <laughs> um, which was the, uh, the the whole thing about, like, gear actually makes a difference. Um, yes. And that there is kind of a mentality in, somewhat in our industry that the gear doesn't matter, and it's just all about the photographer. and um, It doesn't matter what camera they use. They're still going to take really good pictures and just the, that kind of mindset. Yeah. Um, and so we were just talking about how we think the what camera or what tools you use is incredibly important. Um, so I just wanted you to talk about that a little bit and kind of your opinion on all that. Well, my opinion, to be honest with you, is I you know a good I think that a good photographer can take a really good picture with any camera. I mean, I, I know there's this kid that I follow on Flickr. He's, like, 18 years old. He has, like, a Canon uh, a Canon AU-1. Dude, the guy has – he takes the most amazing pictures, you know? However, here's the, <laughs> here's the deal. There is a huge difference between taking a portrait of someone on a Canon AU-1 at a wedding than there is shooting with um, a MiRZ. You know, the depth of feel, the look, the feel of that image on the RZ is going to be completely different than on that Canon 1B. And I feel like that maybe represents more of what I want to do, you know? There's a big difference between taking that Mamiya RZ and trying to go shoot some journalistic work at a wedding. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> look with that, you know? Like, you know, so, you know, it comes back to like, hey, you know, if, if I'm moving my house, right, and you drive a Ferrari... I'm not going to call you to help me, dude, because we won't be able to stick anything in your car. You know, that car is not really meant for that, you know? But if you own the pickup, I'll give you a call, you know? You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, I just feel like there's certain, for me, certain cameras give me certain looks. And uh, and I feel like it. I, I can get the point that I'm trying to get across a lot easier, you know? Uh, I used to run around and do the street those I am South Beach with, with a Mamiya 645. And I didn't realize how much of a heat up I was on the street until I bought the Leica. I recently bought a Leica M4P. And, and you know what's funny is I bought the Leica and I bought this camera strap, the uh, one of these art, artsen strap. I'm not sure, but it's one that goes around your neck. And uh, the first day I got the Leica, I was out in the street and I was like, man, this is great. And, and I started noticing that people were seeing me coming because of the strap, because mm-hmm. of the strap, you know? So I'm like, 
dude, I got to get rid of the strap. The strap is back. And not thinking, like, you know, here I was, like, for, I don't know, two years, I'm running around with this huge clunker, a Mamiya 645, that they saw me coming from a mile away, you know? And, but the strap is giving me away now. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but I, I, I do think that gear matters. I think it does. I think it absolutely does. I mean, yeah, you, you know, you'll still be able to take compelling images if you're really good at what you do. But th- there's a difference depending on the feeling that you want to create with a photo. I think that there's certain cameras that will give you that, you know. I, I don't like to stick to just one camera. I don't know. I just, for me, it does, I don't like it, you know. I, I Can I do it? Yeah, but I don't like it, you know. I, yeah. I'd rather use different cameras. I have one camera that's for portraits and details. And I have another camera that's for the journalistic work. You know, that's kind of I go back and forth between those two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just my opinion. Bob. No, no, it's good. Yeah, it's good. I mean, it's um, <laughs> the one thing that's interesting to me about this topic is um, all the digital cameras are kind of the same. You know, um, the weight of the lenses, just how they handle. You know, I mean, the button settings and stuff are maybe in slightly different locations. Yeah. Um, I mean, all the cameras you're talking about are all film. Yes. And they force you – those film cameras dictate how you interact with the world based on their size, weight, how slow they focus manually or whatever, you know? Um, Yes. How loud they are. Where you don't get that kind of – you don't – Digital cameras don't force you to do that kind of thing. Does that make sense? Um, I, you know, I, which is yeah, weird. I, I, you know, I, I think it honestly, I think a lot too also has to do with the person who's buying, you know, because I gotta tell you, there's some digital photographers out there that, you know, dude, they're just amazing. Like their work is like wow, you know, like they, it, you know, I, I don't, I don't know, I just think, I, I, it, I think it all depends, but, but you're right. There is a difference between um, there is a difference between shooting when you're not shooting portraits anymore, let's say, and you're in the getting ready process, or, or I'm sorry, in the reception, and you want to like maybe work on some like journalistic and get some people mingling and talking. There's a huge difference between doing that with a big digital camera and a flash than there is with a little like on 4P or whatever, you know. Um, huge difference, huge. Yeah. Um, so it's going to change the way you interact, you know, how you think and. You know, you know, what you should get on here is Reese's. My I buddy. know. I need to get him on here. He'll he'll definitely talk to you more about that. <laughs> he, that guy is, is he's he's something else, dude. He's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. But but yeah, definitely. Uh, it definitely changes. Uh, it changes the game. You know. Yeah, I'm. Th- you know, I'm thinking like if you if you you know if you show up with like a large format four by five camera. <laughs> That's going to change everything of how people look at you, how they interact with you, how you interact with them, how many frames you take, like all this stuff, um, you know, versus a, 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 a digital, everybody's kind of this on this, everybody's in the same, as the same tool and everybody interacts with a digital camera the same way. So it's really up to the photographer's mind to really push beyond that to create something compelling, you know? Dude, absolutely. So, Absolutely. And, and even especially, especially, and I know there's a lot of photographers now that are like, they want to shoot film. And, you know, I've noticed that there's been like this huge increase in film photographers, you know, and especially if there's anything that I can give advice to anyone, if they even want advice as to like start and shoot film at a wedding, I'll tell you this control, 
dude, you got to be in control. There's no way. In order to get the kind of shots that I want to get, I have to be in control. I, and it starts for in, in weddings. It starts immediately in the phone call that I make when I initially talk to the client. I walk them through. I tell them, hey, you know, I, I, will, I will be honored to shoot your wedding. It'll be amazing. If you want the kind of pictures you see in my blog, this is what you got to give me. You got to give me this much time, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's my time. That's Aussie time, you, us together, you know, and the control starts there, you know, and then, at the, and then I walk them through the process of kind of like what I want in my head, you know, the pictures that I want, because I already know what I want in my head. I already have it. The shots in my head. I already know what I want. I just got to get it out of them. You know, I got to break them down systematically. And, and a lot of times I do it. I do it with my character. I do it through humor. I make them laugh. I, I, you know, I build them up, you know, I coach them, I coach them through it, you know? Um, but control, if you want to shoot like a six, four, five, I mean, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just sharing what works for me. Yeah. You know, there might be other people that might work differently and it might, it might work for them. But what I've learned for me so far is that, you know, is that I have to be in control of what's happening or I'm going to be in for a big fat lab fee. Big. <laughs> uh, so are you like a hundred percent no flash on like a wedding day? <laughs> No, no way. I live in Miami, dude. You kidding me? No flash. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 I'm not. I, I, you know, sometimes I'll use the flash in the reception, um, with some black and white high speed, but I, uh, here in Miami, it's very unpredictable. It'll be like really sunny. And then there's, you know, a tornado and a hurricane. And then like, <laughs> so a lot of the weddings here are shot, uh, like on the beach in these hotels. So sometimes lighting, you know, it could be kind of funky. It could be very, very dingy. So a lot of times I'll shoot, I'll shoot like high speed black and white, but a little pop of flash in the reception. Uh, I, I'll do that a lot. Yeah. So no, I'm not, I'm not, but I, I, I will try to avoid it as much as I can yeah. until I see that it's time to, you know, to, to pop a flash on. Yeah. Um, for all the film lovers out there, they probably just want to know what kind of wedding day, what's your kind of go-to films or choice? Yeah. Yeah. Um, First of all, I just want to say that I'm not, Kodak doesn't send me any money. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sponsored by Kodak. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not part of the cool group that they, yeah, I'm not, you know, I'm, but I, I do use, I mean, I love Fuji, but I think Fuji is very, uh, it has this, like this very pastel tones to their, to their, um, to, to their colors. It's very beautiful. And then the new Portra. Uh, has just a little more punch, I think. It's just a, a little more contrast here. It has a, just a little more punch, but you just you can't uh, shooting both of those. I don't think you you can't like with, with the new Portra the four hundred. You can't really overexpose so much. Like you can't shoot that like you would shoot Fuji. Like Fuji, seriously, dude. Like you, you, it'll be like two point oh two thousand. You can shoot that thing at like five hundred and still get like a really beautiful picture. You did that with the portrait, you know, the colors are going to be just a little, you know, I usually don't overexpose it that much, but I do like the portrait. I like the look. I like the look of the, the portrait 400 scanned on the Ritsu. Mm. I like that look, you know, um, it has a very raw kind of feel to it. Um, so I shoot a lot of the portrait 220 and I shoot the 160, the 160. Uh, I think it's very, a little more pastel. It's not, doesn't have as much punch to it. Um, I just recently started shooting some of the 800, um, which I like as well, but those are usually the, I usually stick with the portrait, you know, the portrait 160, or the, 
I mean, I love the Fuji. Don't get me wrong. I use the Fuji too, but mainly I stick to the to the portrait. Are you Tri-X for black and white or what's your... Yeah, and I'll shoot Tri-X. So I'll suppose it at like 1600. Yeah. And every once in a while, I'll shoot 3200 speed film when I have to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a couple of questions that um, people wanted me to ask you um, were like, who is... I guess you've kind of already listed them, but like who are your biggest photographic inspirations? Maybe currently? Yeah. Uh, two guys. Two guys. Uh, Alex Webb and uh, Helmut Newton. The, those guys... Have you ever seen videos of, of Newton working? I think so. Yeah. He's got, you know, the big book, the sumo. There's this video that they did, um, and there's a couple videos of him working. Dude, the guy is just... Uh, Wow, the guy is a dominant control. Like he he's just basically taking pictures of what's in his mind. Like if you see him work, you'll, I, I saw the video. I saw a couple of videos on him, but you know he'll he'll be like he was like he's like you know lick the flower. Yeah, take your tongue out. No, no, don't do that. Grab it. <laughs> grab it there. You gotta grab it there. You know. Yeah, that's it. That's it. oh my god, I love it. You know, and and you know it, it's funny. Like in the video, his wife. Uh, she was talking about how um, a lot of the uh, the, uh, the editors of these magazines didn't understand how he would photograph these models that these other photographers would photograph. But in his pictures, they just didn't look like themselves anymore. Like he turned them into something else. Mm-hmm. And and they were like, you know, he he's, he'll take like these models that everyone else shoots, but. They just look different. They look completely different, you know. But I, I, I'm, I love his work. I'm in love. I don't even shoot nudes. I'm not, you know. I've, I don't think I've ever photographed a naked woman aside from a pregnant mother to be. But, uh, but I really love his work. And then Alex Webb, obviously. I mean, geez, I cannot like that guy's work. I mean, <laughs> Mexican border and, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, he's just the Haiti, the Haiti work. I mean, he's got this one shot uh, uh, for the Haiti where. The, the, they're in front of this palm tree, and one person's holding the tree. The other person's pointing one way. The little girl has a sad look in her face. I mean, there's so many layers, and it's so complex. And you look at that picture, and you're just like, how in God's name did this guy make this picture? Yeah. He's just, he's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Um, Reggie Campbell, he, uh, he asks, what is the most profound image uh, that he has ever taken? Do you have, like, an image that sticks out to you? Uh, that you've taken yourself that's like yes this is my yes. this is my shot <laughs> yeah well <laughs> i do have i have i have one photo and it was when when my daughter was younger uh and linda they uh they take a bath together in the tub and uh one day i have a Hasselblad the 501 uh cm and i grabbed that and what i did was i grabbed the stool uh and i I grabbed the stool, I kind of sandwiched, and they were on top of me, and I, I jumped on top of the stool, and I started shooting down, and I took a couple pictures of them, you know, bathing, and there was this one shot that I looked at, and I was like, oh, you know, it looks kind of, you know, I didn't think much of it, you know, and then I got the film back, and I, I saw it on my computer, and when I saw that one shot that I took, uh, it was really weird, instantly I cried, mm. I, I cried instantly, and the thing was, is it was, it was just, it was beyond. It was beyond what I was photographing. It was beyond my daughter and Linda. It was just this moment 
where Faith just kind of like laid her head on her chest. She just had this look on her face of just totally giving up and just everything is about mom, you know, like that smell of your mother, you know, it just brought me back to being a kid. That one picture just really brought me back. I don't know what it was. It was just the look. It was that little moment there. Honestly, that's probably like one of my favorite pictures I've ever taken. Mm. Unfortunately, Linda's boob comes <laughs> on the picture and she would kill me. <laughs> like, you don't understand. I have had yeah. arguments with her about posting this picture online. I'm like, come on, you gotta let me post. She's like, there's no way. <laughs> kill me. Yeah. If that shot ever surfaced. But I absolutely love that picture. That's probably one of my favorite pictures that I've uh, that I've ever taken. You know, for sure. Uh, I totally understand. My wife would be the same way. Um, <laughs> let's see, a couple more questions. Uh, what's been the biggest mistake you've made so far, business wise? Oh, jeez. <laughs> you know, I, I uh, uh, you know, I. Again, you know, I've heard a lot of a lot of podcasts, and uh, it seems like a lot of uh, I don't know. I I, I don't know. I, I just want to be honest. You know, I, yeah. I want to be honest. And you know why? The the thing is, is that I, at the end of the day, there's people out there like me. You know, like where I was three years ago. You know, just starting out. You know, wanting to get into the wedding world and not really knowing the truth of what it's like. You know, and my honestly like my biggest struggles or my biggest weakness is in business that's that's my biggest crutch if i had a crutch it would be that yeah. and i don't i don't wake up in the morning dude and i don't think about like how am i going to strategically sell albums i don't wake up in the morning and i don't think about like how am i going to balance and what am i going to say to these clients to try to or advertise here or advertise there i wake up in the morning and i think about making pictures I mean, I don't, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, that stuff doesn't come to me naturally, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I have to force myself to learn that, you know? Um, so, I think that the biggest mistakes that I made were not branding myself uh, sooner. Not, you know, not fixing that, you know, not creating a back end, you know? Like, I slowly started realizing that a lot of, a lot of what I do really, I mean, the Pictures are really important, but even more important than the picture is the back end process. You know, the editing, the getting back to the clients, you know, the selling the albums, the, you know, that whole that whole other world, you know, um, that I really didn't think too much about, you know, until I shot, you know, 20, 30, what, you know what I mean? Like that, yeah. that you know, I learned that, you know, um, so for me is that is and, and, and you know and I, I think that we're, we're we're like i mean there's a lot of really good photographers out there right now Th- there's a lot of really good photographers out there and i think that eventually and this is just my opinion i think that eventually what's going to start separating people i mean unless unless you have like crazy vision and like it's really clear in your pictures i think that what's going to start separating people is branding is is the way you brand yourself online I, I hate to say it, but I mean, I, I really feel like it's coming to that. You know what I mean, and I think that it's really important. You know, it's it's branding is really really important. Yeah, yeah. Um, last I, one. I mean, cut you off. But yeah, no, go. I'm getting there. I'm yeah. getting. I'm not. I haven't got anywhere. I'm just letting. You know, I'm getting to that point of where I'm learning that and and building that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That's good stuff. The. I guess there's two last things. Um, 
the last official thing is you're not on Facebook. <laughs> oh. Which today seems like the cardinal sin. Um, especially with the wedding photography industry because that's like rule number one is like you have to be have a presence on Facebook and you have to tag all of your clients on Facebook <laughs> to get any sort of referrals to run any sort of wedding business. You are not on Facebook. You don't do any of that stuff. So how do you get new clients? Because today you're not supposed to be able to do that. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I'm, dude, I gotta tell you, I'm not a big social media guy. And I got I to gotta bring up Jonathan Callis real quick, all right? Because he's the one, and I'm going to get to the Facebook thing, but, you yes. know, he's <laughs> the one that kind of got me started on this. Because, uh, I, by the way, I have just the utmost respect for, for Jonathan. The guy is just an amazing photographer. He's a glass house. You know, I, I think in our in our business today, like it's very easy to just show certain things. You know, that not that's not the way this guy is. This guy doesn't care. Like he'll he'll you know he'll photograph. You know, he'll take out alien bees and shoot that on film. He'll he'll you know all black and white. If it's raining, he'll take out a video light. He'll shoot it with film, and then he'll blog it, and he'll let everyone see it. You know, and his work is absolutely amazing. He's a there's no secrets. You know what I mean? He's a glass house. Like the guy is just. And if anyone is really kind of interested in like learning about film, and I highly recommend the Films Not Dead workshop. Listen, I don't get paid from John John, John McCallis. <laughs> you know, pay me under the table or anything. Yeah. I, I'm just being honest. And when it was time for me to do like one of these like little workshops, I wanted to bring him down because he's everything that I'm not. You understand? And why the hell am I going to learn from someone who is just like me? You know what I mean? I want to, I want to be challenged, you know? And, and I, I, I respect him for that. But anyways, he suddenly got me started on this feed because I brought him down and he started calling me Twitterless Aussie. Like, he kept <laughs> saying, Twitterless Aussie, Twitterless Aussie, you know? And I was like, dude, I'm not Twitterless Aussie. I am pissed. So I went on and I, I got on this Twitter thing, right? And uh, I, at first, I was like, dude, this is just ridiculous. Like, what am I supposed to say? I, I just surfed. The waves are really good. I'm eating dinner. Here's a picture of my dinner. This is just so dumb, you know? But then I started getting, like, into it, right? And because of Twitter, I've met the most amazing photographers. You know, I can just, off the top of my head, you know, Jessica Lauren, uh, Kat, these girls that are up in uh, West Palm Beach. Dude, I, those girls are awesome. I love those girls, you know? Like, we become the best of friends, and, 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 and I meet photographers that fly in to Miami and they'll shoot a wedding and then they'll call me and they'll, they'll Twitter me like, hey, let's get some coffee and then I'll meet them. But anyways, so what I'm trying to say is that the social media, dude, it's awesome. It's, it's Twitter has connected me to a lot of people, you know, Facebook. I haven't got on Facebook and here's my theory on this. And I might listen, I'm, I've been wrong many times. I might be wrong, but here's my theory on this, right? If I photograph your wedding, right? And you really like the pictures. You put, you're going to post them online on Facebook. The bridesmaids or whoever's getting married is going to see it and go, oh, my God, I love these photos. These are awesome. Who, who shot these? They're going to say, oh, this guy, Ozzy Garcia in Miami. Do you really think that if she really loves my photos and she wants to hire me, she's going to be like, well, he's not on Facebook? No, we're not hiring that guy. I mean, do you really think she's going to do that? I don't know. I just, I don't, you know, I, I think that if someone wants you and they're going to hire you, they're going to find you, you know, they're going to, they're going to, you know what I mean? They're going to, they're going to, that's not going to stop. They're not, not going to be like, oh, we're well, on Facebook. Huh? If they're really in love with your work. And honestly, those are the people that I want. Cause those are the people that in, 
in the wedding, I can tell them, hey, I, th I want this, I want this, this, and they're going to give it to me, you know? Um, they're going to find you. However, I could be wrong. Maybe that's like the missing link. I need to be on Facebook. <laughs> I just haven't got yeah. around. Dude, oh, wait, real that's quick. good. The other, thing, the other thing, too, is I've talked to a lot of photographers that are friends of mine, and they'll spend like an hour and a half on Facebook, dude. Yeah. I have an hour and a half to kill on Facebook. I really don't, dude. <laughs> <laughs> You're busy shooting. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I, I, I'd rather watch Game of Thrones. Are you kidding me? <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Um, yeah, so last thing is uh, you're obviously a part of the Musea Gathering, which I'm completely pumped about. Um, so we'll be uh, talking about that next Thursday. Yeah, next Thursday on the Musea blog. Um be talking about that, so uh, excited to have you on that. How are you? How are you feeling about that? <laughs> I'm, I'm excited to be on board. Are you kidding me? I'm just I'm grateful and I'm honored uh, to even be here. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely pumped, man. Do you uh, you have any like little teasers for like the, the workshop you're going to be doing, or no? Or we just want to wait till next Thursday? <laughs> I don't want to put know, you on the I, spot I, here, but <laughs> no. I mean, honestly, I I, I think. I think I'm going to, you know, a lot has to do with like personal work and how that is going to help and has helped my wedding and composition and getting a lot done in one little setting, you know, mm -hmm. um, film, shooting film, un, you know, un, just, uh, understanding it and how that process works and, you know, geez, learning from my mistakes, you know, I, I would, dude, I can't even tell you the mistakes, you know, that I've made you know, shooting film and to not, to not have someone not have to go through that. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I, I maybe, you know, I, I think I'm going to wait, but just a lot of all, a lot of all that, you know, will definitely be, uh, be talked about for sure. You know? Awesome. Yeah. I'm sure it's going to be amazing. Um, I wish I could go to it, but I'll be doing probably other stuff that week. So, uh, cool, man. Well, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. That was amazing. No, thank you, man. I'm yeah, again, I'm like stoked that you even asked me to, uh, to do this and uh, thank you so much